Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Good afternoon, good evening, rugby fans. Welcome to episode 45 of the DNVR Rugby Podcast. My name is Colton Strickler. I'm your host. Uh, today we'll just start and start off like we always do, jumping right into the breakdown. I'm recording this on a Monday as I'm out of town this week, so I'll not be up to date on all the latest news. Still going to try to give you a decent breakdown on some of the rugby news kind of happening everywhere. Uh, the first thing we'll jump into in the breakdown is uh, former Raptor Campbell Johnstone signed to the Dallas Jackals on Friday. It was announced by the Jackals. The Raptor tracker has been updated. It's pinned at the top of the DNVR Rugby Twitter feed, so you can go check out all the former Raptors I've signed to their new teams. I'm sure there'll be more this week. And I jinxed it last week. I said that there hadn't been a Raptor that had signed yet, and then, of course, put out the podcast. Then a few hours later, the uh, Campbell Johnstone signs to the Dallas Jackals. So, I mean, that's usually how that goes. I didn't get to know Campbell when he was playing for the Raptors, but I know that he's a bright young player that was only going to get better when he moves on to Dallas um, and as he continues to develop. So he's a great signing for the Jackals. Jackals are really, you know, continuing to build a very solid young foundation down there in Texas. Uh, and I think if you're a Raptors fan, uh, rooting for the Jackals might be the easy choice. So that's kind of what's going on with the Dallas Jackals, the latest signing of Campbell Johnstone. I'd encourage you guys to go look more into that. If you're interested, check out the uh, former Raptor tracker that we've been updating on DMVR Rugby. It's a pretty helpful tool, I think. Uh, Next, we'll jump into the weekly Super Rugby update. So Super Rugby at Teroa, round eight, just happened this last weekend. A couple good games, big wins by the Blues and the Crusaders. So round nine we've got coming up this weekend. We've got Hurricanes uh, versus the Chiefs on Saturday at 1.05 a.m., and then uh, we got the Crusaders versus the Highlanders on Saturday at 9.35 p.m. And so I'll kind of get into how the teams that are still alive can win the competition. So obviously the Crusaders are in first place right now. The Crusaders win the competition with a win in either of their last two matches. So we've got round nine coming up this week. There's only 10 rounds in the competition. So if the Crusaders lose to the Highlanders on Saturday, that leaves the door open for the Blues, and the Blues play the Crusaders uh, in round 10. So the Blues have a bye this weekend, but they'll need to beat the Crusaders with a bonus point victory next week to win the competition. So if the Crusaders win, uh, you know, if the Crusaders win this weekend, they win the competition. If they lose this weekend, sets up a big game against the Blues next weekend. Um, and then obviously whoever wins between those two teams doesn't necessarily win the competition, but if the Blues win with a bonus point victory or if the Crusaders just beat them outright, the Crusaders win the competition. That's kind of what I'm rooting for. I think that will be the most interesting um, rugby that that's realistically going to happen. So that's kind of what I'm hoping for this weekend. 
Uh, the Hurricanes have a more difficult path to the title, but they're still mathematically alive, so it is still possible, and it's sports, so anything can happen. But to get there, they'll need the Crusaders to lose this weekend and to the Blues next weekend, but the Blues cannot beat them in a bonus point victory, so it'll have to be a close victory um, in round 10. Then, on top of all that, the Crusaders need to pick up bonus point victories this weekend and next weekend, so... They're going to have to blow um, the Chiefs out of the water and then the Highlanders out of the water, uh, you know, these next two weeks. Or, you know, they don't win. So there's a lot that can happen there. And like I said, it's not likely, but it is possible. And there is a way that all three teams can finish, uh, the, you know, the all 10 rounds with 26 table points. And if that happens, the Crusaders would be out of the running based on matches lost. They'll have lost more matches than the Blues and the Hurricanes. And then the winner of the competition would be decided by the point differential. So it would either be between the Blues and the Hurricanes, and it was who had the better point differential. So that's kind of the remaining results. Obviously, we'll talk a little bit more about it next week in next week's show, but it could be kind of boring if, you know, the Crusaders take care of business and they just win the competition in round nine. So, but obviously we'll talk about all the outcomes and all that stuff when, in next week's show. But that's a breakdown of what to kind of look for this weekend and, and how to keep up with the Super Rugby at Tetero competition as it's kind of winding down. So that's what's going on in that side of in that neck of the woods. And then obviously we'll jump into the Super Rugby Australia update there in round six. So just over halfway point of the competition. Uh, this week we'll have the Rebels and the Brumbies at 3.05 a.m. on Friday. So you'll already know the final result by the time you hear this show, as it always is with the Super Rugby Australia competition. Um, and then the Waratahs versus the Reds at 3.15 on Saturday morning. It's been been good watching some rugby, and so I've been happy that it's been on. And um, it's been fun to keep up with and kind of pick teams to root for and um, you know, it's always good to be watching sports, especially as they come back here in the United States. And uh, this is how I've been getting my rugby fix. So um, kind of with that, I wanted the last little bit that we'll talk about in the breakdown is that there is more rugby on the on the way, it sounds like, which is always good. More rugby is never bad. So Premiership is supposed to get their season restarted with matches on Friday, August 14th. So coming up pretty quick, a week from today, by the time you guys are hearing the show. Um, if that happens, you should be able to watch those matches on NBC Gold, which is another subscription service that costs around $70 a year, which is unfortunate because it seems like they always bury this rugby behind these subscription services. But um, could be something to look into if you're interested in watching some more rugby. And then looks like Pro 14 is supposed to get their season restarted on August 22nd according to an article that I read on Rugby Pass. So if that happens as planned, those matches should be available on ESPN+. Plus. So same way that you all are watching uh, Super Rugby, you should be able to watch some Pro 14 as well. So it'll be nice to have some more rugby to watch as the Super Rugby season you know, begins to wind down. Um, keep an eye out for all that. That'll be, I don't know, more rugby. Like I said, more rugby's always good. It's what I'm looking forward to. So we'll keep an, we'll keep an eye on that. I'll, I'll keep you updated on anything that I read or I hear. All right, now we'll jump into the interview portion of the show. Um, I was very excited to get on my old high school rugby coach and former Raptor, Jared Heath. Uh, Jared's a great guy. He's been a big help to me all throughout school, whether it's uh, working on a project or something, because he's had a very interesting life. Um, very accomplished sports career. 
I'll read you some of these stats that uh, that uh, Jared put up in his day. So uh, he, he played linebacker for Colorado School of Mines. He holds a school record for tackles made in a single game, 21 against South Dakota. We get into that a little bit in the interview. He's got the most assisted tackles in a career with 246 and the most assisted tackles in a season with 79. And then he heard Don, he earned Don Hansen Division II All-American Honorable Mention Honors in 2005. So he's a monster linebacker. Uh, good rugby player as well. Talks a little bit about making the switch back over to rugby after college and playing for the Raptors. He was one of the guys that played on the on the early Raptors teams, original Raptors team. So he's got a very interesting uh, insight just on rugby in America. And um, it's cool to hear him talk about just how far it's come. He'll tell some very interesting stories about playing in these tournaments and, you know, um, assembling a team to play. And uh, just some good stories and um, really gives you a good idea of how far rugby's come and, and really not that long of a time frame, really about 15 years. So, uh, and then and then overall, he's just a big reason that um, I've been fortunate to have a career in rugby so far. And um, I'm excited for all to hear my conversation with him because uh, he, him and, you know, all these other guys that helped me through high school, um, you know, instilled this this interest in the game for me. And um, I've been able to parlay that into into a job and a career really ever since I've graduated college. And I, I've been lucky with the timing of, of the sport and uh, just really even when I got into it, it's just all, work, you know, the ball's bounced my way. And um, I love my job and, and I have this job because of people like Jared. So uh, with that, we'll go ahead and jump into my conversation with former Raptor Jared Heath. All right. Now, welcome on to the show, former Raptor Jared Heath. Jared, how are you doing? Good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm happy to have you on. Uh, obviously, we're kind of going through some of the original Raptors, and, and you were not only a big part of the Raptors, but a big part of uh, my love for rugby as you were my high school coach. So I'm happy to get you on and uh, talk to you a little bit about uh, some of your rugby experiences. So the first question we ask everybody that does the show is just, could you tell us a little bit about where you're from? Yeah, I'm a Colorado native, uh, born and raised uh, in the suburbs south of Denver. Uh, Highlands Ranch is the high school I went to, and then uh, I went to college at Colorado School of Mines. Right. Uh, when did you start playing rugby? I started playing my junior year of high school. Uh, my good friend, Nick Tipton, tried to get me to start uh, sophomore year, and I didn't know anything about it, wasn't interested. And then once I saw how much fun he had in the spring of our sophomore year, I decided to join up, uh, join up with him the next season. Yeah, and then how long when you did finally give it a shot, how long did it take you to catch the bug? I like asking people that because it's always different. Was it the first practice? Was it the first time you played in a match? Um, yeah, it, I think it was like uh, it was in a match definitely, and I, I can't remember which one it was, but I just remember, you know, I, I played football um, growing up and, and the one of the matches, I just remember making three consecutive tackles. It's like I tackled the guy, he offloaded it, got up, tackled the next guy, he offloaded it, got up. I was just like, wow, this is the coolest sport ever. I just got three tackles in five seconds. Yeah. So, um, but, but yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's not right away. It wasn't right away for me just because it's, it's, I didn't know anything of the game. Right. But, uh, but once I kind of got the flow of the, the game, I was like, man, this is such a fun game. What position did you play, Jared? I don't know if I know this. Uh, in high school, I played in the backs. Uh-huh. So I played um, wing <clears throat> at first because 
uh, you know, with that football mentality, I coach was like, oh, this guy's never going to pass. So he put me at wing and, and it, it took a couple games for me to pass. And then that game that I was talking about, they moved me to inside center because a couple of our, our centers got hurt and I thought center was the best position. Yeah. Uh, in college, I played inside center. Um, and then for the Raptors, I played everywhere. I played at all the positions in the back, uh, uh, the first couple of years. And then, and then I started kind of seeing that the flanker position and, and thought I could definitely play that, you know, flanker was more like the, the, the football uh, linebacker position that I <clears throat> played in college. So I was like, I need to give that one a try. And that's yeah. Coach Bullock to play flanker. And, and that was, by far the most fun position I ever played. Yeah. Uh, you know, I know you just mentioned you played football. Did you play any other sports when you were growing up? Um, I, yeah, I started playing football and baseball when I was like five years old. And then I started swimming, doing just summer swimming. And, and once I was eight and played through high school, or did that through high school till my junior year. And that's when swimming and rugby were kind of, I did that my junior year when I was swimming and playing rugby at the same time. Yeah. Um, and then my senior year, I was just like, man, I don't want to give up any rugby practices. So I quit uh, swimming my senior year. And then I also wrestled um, at, uh, middle school and high school. So I go from football to wrestling to rugby. That's uh, a lot of hits. That was the, uh, yeah. It's a lot of wear and tear. In your body. <laughs> I'm, I'm definitely feeling it nowadays. Yeah. But, uh, but they're all good combinations. You know, they, they all help each other. For sure. Um, I know, yeah, you talked about getting recruited to Mines. Just could you kind of talk a little bit about how uh, that whole process worked to play college football and rugby at Mines and, and just what was it like playing both sports up there? Um, yeah, I was recruited to be a uh, go play up at Mines. Uh, it was a, kind of a transition period, brand-new coach coming in. Um but I didn't play him at the same time just because being a, a college athlete, uh, division one and up or uh -huh. division one, division two, uh, mine's a division two. It's a, it's a full-time job. You're right. You know, you, you don't get a week off. It's like season ends and you might get a, uh, your weekend off and then you're, you're back in the weight room already doing winter training. So I spring, I was, we had spring ball during the rugby season. But, uh, once I, you know, my eligibility for football stopped or came, you know, I yeah. played my four years. Then I, I went back to rugby, but that was kind of my, my thought, you know, my senior year of high school, like, what do I play? Do I want to play rugby or do I want to play football? And my thought was, well, like, you know, there's not much uh, football outside of, you know, schools, like outside of college. Yeah. Know, I figured I'll be playing football for four years at mines and then after that i got the rest of my life to play rugby right so that's that that's kind of how i was able to decide to put rugby on the shelf for a couple of years and get an education you know get a scholarship to, to play football at mines and then and then pick up rugby once that's all over yeah i think you probably made the right de uh, right decision there and i did want to ask you jared i did dig up a few of uh, a couple stats on you you had the school record for tackles made in a single game with 21 against South Dakota. Is that right? How how tired were you after that? Do you remember that game? <laughs> yeah, I remember that game. Um, I uh, was battling a torn hamstring oh, at the man. beginning of that season, and 
and they played a they would go to um you know a, a, a four uh four wide or two wide on each side um and then they just hand it off to their single back and he'd be running away from me yeah and i would still be making those tackles all the way from one hash to the other hash just because they were just uh able to to block the inside backers and our sandbacker was getting sucked in they're just pulling right around him Uh, so yeah i was exhausted and i remember my trainer stretching my hamstring as our offense was driving down to tie up the game and i said oh crap if if we if we get a touchdown i'm gonna have to go back in (laughs) and my hamstring was pretty much shot after that that game but but uh but yeah, that was definitely a memorable game. Unfortunately, we lost, and I still look back onto it. Uh, there was a couple couple plays I wish I had back. Oh, but could have could have made a few more tackles. Man, I think that's <laughs> yeah. You, you get the benefit of doubt on that one for sure. That's a that's a big game. And then found two. It's the most assisted tackles in a career with two hundred forty six. Then most assisted tackles in a season with seventy nine. That's that's again. That's a lot of contact. <laughs> that's a lot of work. Yeah, I don't. I. I I don't know who this the, uh, the person doing all the stats for the yeah. for mines, but I was just like, man, how come I'm always just getting yeah, just just the tackles? It's like I'm always the first one there. Why right. can't they see that? But I I don't know. It's, yeah, it's all right though. Yeah, that's okay. I I've wondered that too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, those are those are a couple stats I, I found out you wanted to ask you about for sure. Um, so when did you start playing for the Raptors? I guess was it just after that that last year of school? Yeah, it was uh, <clears throat> uh, it was right after college. Um, our head coach at Mines just forwarded an email from Mark Bullock, um, just saying that they're starting up a new club in Denver, and um, was just looking for people to play. And so, contacted Mark, and and he said, "Yeah, we're." We're looking for new people, and I recruited one of my good friends from high school to play with us. Uh, his name is Brad Forbush. He never played rugby, but he, he watched us play rugby in high school and really wanted to, to get into it, and he, he really enjoyed the game. He, um, and we just showed up showed up to the first first practice, and, and uh, we did some summer training with Mark as well. We did some – I did summer seven – uh, with mines, but it, we we still had practices like with with Mark and some of the uh, the female uh, Raptors as well. Yeah. Um, and what was that like? Was yeah. the was the facility built yet, or was that? Oh no. Were you no, practicing behind uh, the park at King Supers or whatever? I've heard stories about that. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, it was still a uh, the stadium was still, uh, you know a pipeline dream pretty much at that point. Um, we were practicing at Muir Park mm-hmm. uh, off of uh, Virginia. Um, I think we had uh, high school practices there when I first started coaching too. But, but no, it was, it was just a just a park and like playing backyard rugby. And, you know, Mark kept giving us, saying, you know, his visions and, and saying what the city was going to be doing. And I was just like, I just want to play rugby. This, this sounds cool. And, you know, it's like inch by inch. It's just like it all, all happened. It's like mm-hmm. all of a sudden posts were, you know, actual rugby posts were put in the ground at Mirror Park. And they, they put up some portable lights for us. And then, and then yeah, eventually, eventually yeah, the stadium was, 
was open. Yeah, that sounds awesome. What What was the team like back then? I know we fed. I had Casey on, uh, Casey Rock on, not that long ago, and he he talked a little bit about it. But what was uh, What was the team like? Um, it's it's a bunch of different guys. It was it was, uh, you know, it was Mike Tappel who came from UNC. He was the same age as me, and and Kieran Browner who was uh, an older. Older than us, I don't know. I can't remember how old Ted was. He yeah. was, he might have been close to his uh, later twenties or in his thirties. But I, um, and he he played in the mountain leagues and came down and played. And um, but it's just a bunch of um, bunch of people who just wanted to play rugby. And there's the first couple practices, like four four to eight people showing up to practice, and we we're playing with the girls, and then. Mark Bullock put out a, an ad in, in, in the Denver Post to, uh, that, you know, rugby tryouts for the, for the Raptors were occurring on Saturday. And then all of a sudden there's like 30 people trying out for rugby. And yeah. it's like, holy cow, we got a, we got a team. <laughs> That's awesome. I know when Casey told me that story too, he was like, yeah, I actually answered a newspaper ad in the Rocky Mountain News. And I was like, what a sense. <laughs> That's something that <laughs> I don't know if we'll ever say that ever again. Yeah, because, yeah, we didn't have, but, you know, a handful of guys um, before that, before they published the ad. And and then from then on, we, we uh, formed a team, and it just kept growing and growing and growing, new guys every every single year. Mm-hmm. But, so, yeah, there's a, a good base of, of people that uh, that played that year, you know. Um, Josh Smith joined, and uh, uh, Pauga, Justin Pauga joined, and Casey, and, and uh ryan chapman dane bassett you know yeah there's a solid group of guys that kind of stuck through and then just you know parts where people were added and uh you know if, if you got people in the right position like the first couple of years uh Duane reed was uh oh yeah playing uh fly half um when really he's not a, he's not a distributor he's a runner <laughs> yes you know but then we finally got him back in the back three and, and that's where with it, you know, couldn't find again the right people in the right spots got the team to where they can compete. Right. And you you talked a little bit about this kind of slow build and uh, just like a core group of guys and people come and go and, and eventually gets to the point that it is now in America. And is, is this something that you like ever envisioned uh, that rugby would get to this point in the United States to where there is finally like professional opportunities here stateside? Um, you know, I would, what, what sold me on that and where I saw it was in the, was in when I started coaching, I, I was coaching, um, you know, youth league, the, the tri rugby program in Colorado. And I, you know, I just coached it for maybe five years, maybe. Uh-huh. And, and just seeing the growth between the first year and the fifth year, like there was so much growth between with the, the youth program that they couldn't find enough coaches. They couldn't find enough refs. And just seeing how, you know, you know, how fast it's growing from the bottom, you knew that was going to go translate through to, you know, high school, college, and then eventually to the pros. Cause, yeah. Because beforehand is, is mostly just picking up guys after college, the athletes after college, when they were done playing soccer, done playing football or, or, or other sports, you know, it's, you know, you, it's filling in the gaps. But, you know, you don't get rugby players that way. You get athletes. But doing it from the bottom up 
that's when you can actually get some rugby players and, and, you know, then parents and kids grow up with it. So that makes people actually want to stick with the sport, follow the sport and, and see what, you know, pay, pay to see the sport with professional yeah. rugby. Yeah. And that is a, you have an interesting perspective. And that's kind of the other thing I wanted to ask you just when did you get into coaching and how you made that decision to do that? Um, uh, it was, it was through Mark Bullock again. Yeah. Um, Mark is, he was a good mentor and, and just a great coach. Um, you know, really looked out for people and, and I felt my rugby career was, uh, you know, was, was stripped of me as I, I got a concussion in a game and, and, you know, I kind of felt that I was just starting to, really understand the game and mm-hmm. and the team was really starting to to grow that was actually the year we the first year we were in division one and and uh you know i playing football and rugby and and wrestling you know I, my body just had enough and yeah. it's hard to get over that concussion so i just finally and i was you know i was working at that time and like you know i need to be i need my mind to for the rest of my life you know you know i'm an engineer so right I figured it's better hang up the boots and, and Mark just kind of, you know, called me into his office one day. He's like, Hey, you ever, ever think of coaching, doing coaching rugby since you're, you're done playing and kind of told me his story and never really thought of it. And then he's like, well, why don't you go coach some of the youth and coached uh, the U13 team that summer. And, and from then on I was hooked just because the kids were great. Yeah. You know, the way the kids, you know, are hungry to learn and, you know, just want to have fun and you're able to give them something that they really enjoy and able to give them the tools, if you will, to to be a good good player and understand the sport and really got me hooked. And then he asked me to coach the the high school team, which was another, uh, another level. And, and, uh, I was also called back by my old, uh, um, college coach to help him with the forwards yeah. and coach the forwards and and you know just those little opportunities and and mark had me coach the b-sides uh the men's b-sides the fall when i was coaching at mine too and and you know it's just being around glendale and seeing how much you know rugby knowledge coming in you know you get guys from usa rugby coming in all the time and coaching a practice or giving the guys some insight and just being able to take that information and then take it to mind and take it to the high school level. Um, it, it, it was really cool. And yeah. being a part of Glendale and which I thought was kind of a, a focal point of rugby knowledge at that time. Um, and being able to share that knowledge really got me, got me hooked on coaching. That's awesome. That's crazy how, I mean, just crazy how it all works out like that. And then, uh, Jerry, last question I want to ask you is just it's another question I ask everyone that comes on the show, and it's just do you have a favorite rugby memory that kind of comes to the top of your mind? And this is another one I like asking people just because it's so different for everybody. There's people that talk about playing a big high school match or, you know, in the MLR championship or something like that. So I was just wondering if there's one that, one or two that come to the top of your mind. Um, yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of hard just because, you know, I've, I probably coached more than I played. Mm-hmm. Um, so there, you know, there's good favorite coaching moments, and then there's also favorite playing moments, and then there's just even just favorite 
you know, just being with your team type of moments. But, right. But as a as a, a player, I guess you know, uh, we we won state in high school. We had a really solid team at Hunters Ranch uh, in 2001, and we were able to beat East and and uh, won won state pretty handily after after we beat East. East was probably the best competition that we had that year. Uh-huh. Um, that that was good. And then also, I, I'd say another great memory was just kind of the, our first first uh, team tournament as as uh, as a Glendale Raptor. We went down to Albuquerque. This is the first year that we the team was together, and we took I think I think we took like seventeen guys down to wow. play a, a tournament. That's thin. And, <laughs> yeah, and then uh, I think Dewan hurt his back, and then like Mike Taffel broke his thumb or something. I think he had like a uh, spiral fracture or something in his, in his thumb or his finger. So we literally had 15 guys uh, the second day of the tournament. Oh and goodness. we, and we ended up, ended up winning. And I, and I remember getting, you know, I got, uh, um, me and Justin Powell went on to a, a tackle and I, and we hit each other and, and I was laying there with a stinger in my neck and my arm was numb. And I just laying there. I was like, Oh crap. And I'm thinking, I better get up because there's no one to replace me. <laughs> right. And uh, and I think what was the funnest part about it is that that we went down with the women's team and the men's team, and we both won the turn the tournament, and we had a charter bus. And you know, just riding that charter bus home was was really fun and and entertaining, just singing rugby songs and I can only having imagine. some <laughs> and having some uh, frosty beverages uh, on yeah. the road road I'm, back. I'm with, sure. <laughs> It was uh, one of the, the highlights of, of the end of that in my short career. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Well, that's all the questions I have for you, Jared. I really appreciate your time. Yeah, not a problem. Glad, glad I could uh, could help out and, and talk about way back in the day. Yeah, it's always fun, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Well, thank you, Jared. I appreciate it. Yeah, not a problem. All right, I hope you all enjoyed that conversation with former Raptor Jared Heath. Uh, I really enjoyed talking to him. I thought it was a good conversation. I hope everybody enjoyed it. So thanks again to Jared for taking the time out of his day to give me a call and catch up. Um, Yeah, so with that, we'll go ahead and jump into the next part of the show, which is usually a required reading, but since I'm on vacation, I'll give you all a a break from homework. You don't have to read anything. Um, so I was jumping over required reading this week. I don't really, and, and on top of that, I'm I'm out, so I don't really I haven't read much. I don't really know what's going on right now. So no required reading. You can uh, thank me on Twitter. Thanks by downloading the show, telling your friends. So we'll jump into the loop. It's like I said, not a whole lot to update you all on. I'm on vacation this week, but I'll be back in the full swing of things next week. So thanks everyone for listening. Hope you had a great week. Hope you have a great weekend, and I'll catch you all back here next week.